there's one thing that once it's tarnished, you can't get back and it's your reputation. Your reputation drives everything. And once you lose your reputation, you might as well move to a new country and learn a new language and start over from scratch, right? Because once you get that bad rep, it's game over. Are you ready to revolutionize your credit repair business? Welcome to Credit Repair Junkies, the ultimate podcast for credit repair entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Bruce Palatano, seven-figure serial entrepreneur and author. Each week, we'll dive deep into battle-tested strategies, uncover the latest industry breakthroughs, and reveal insider tips that will put your business light years ahead of the competition. If you're ready to grow your credit repair business, head to creditrepairjunkies.com forward slash go to watch my free training. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Credit Credit Junkies podcast. Today I am joined by Tiffany Watts from Optimal Score Solution. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm very excited for our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time. Um, let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit. How long have you been in the credit repair industry? Well, I've been in the industry for um, about three or four years. Okay. Three and a half years. Um, I started with a network marketing, you know, multi-level marketing um, company that I was just, you know, an affiliate for. Mm -hmm. But I branched out on my own, started my own company, August of 2022. When you first joined the network marketing company, what made you want to join that instead of just doing your own thing? I didn't know. Well, number one, I didn't have the confidence. You know, I didn't really know, you know, how to do credit repair. Mm -hmm. Um, this company offered all the bells and whistles, you know, all you have to do is bring us the people and we'll do the rest, mm -hmm. you know? So it was easy, you know, it just seemed like an easy thing for me. Um, a no brainer. I wanted yeah. to make money and it was, it was, um, like I said, you do, you only bring us the people and we do everything else. So it just seemed like the ideal thing. Yeah. And it was ideal for a couple of years, right? Like, you yeah, I mean, for a minute, it, it was working okay for me. Yeah. Yeah. So then what made you take the jump to branch out on your own? That company got into some legal issues um, and everybody's business shut down for a few months. But if I'm branding myself as the business owner, then I have to tell my clients, oh, well, well, I can't help you. And I literally couldn't help them because I didn't know how to do credit repair. I didn't know how to do the disputes. I didn't know anything about the credit repair industry. I was just an affiliate, yeah. but I was branding myself as the business owner, as the person helping you with your credit. And it was just, I felt like it was just, it just didn't seem, I don't know, authentic. Yeah. It just seemed like I, I was like, now I have to go back and tell all of my clients, oh yeah, I need you to continue paying but I can't help you for three, four months until this legal thing is over with, you know? Mm. Now my business is affected. My reputation is on the line, my everything. So I'm like, you know what? If I had control, if I had my own business and I could, I knew how to do the disputes myself, then I wouldn't have to pause my business because of someone else's legal problems. Right. So I just decided to do it on my own. I started to learn the process and just learned how to do it on my own. That's interesting. You know, it's a tough situation to be in when your um when your destiny is left in somebody else's hands. Right. Yeah. If you wake up one day and be like, Oh, we actually can't do anything anymore, but oh, it's gotta keep paying. Well, that's Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it was kind of 
it was really hard. It was thing. a hard conversation to have with my clients, you know, especially the ones who had just signed up like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah. So about that money you paid me last week. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, it was embarrassing, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's one thing that once it's tarnished, you can't get back and it's your reputation. Yeah. It's the one thing that we have most dear to us in business, whether you're doing network marketing affiliate or your own business, your reputation drives everything, literally everything. And once you lose your reputation, you might as well move to a new country and learn a new language and start over from scratch, right? Because once you get that bad rep, it's game over, you know? So it's one of those things that you really just got to take gentle care of. You know, I've been, I've been at this for over a decade, right? 11, 12 years now. And the one thing that I've always cared about is my reputation. Like, yeah, you're going to have upset customers. Yeah, you're going to have happy customers. Yeah, you're going to mess up. You're human, right? But being your authentic self is the best way for you to preserve your reputation, right? Because you can, if you try to be fake and you're not yourself, then you can only be fake for so long. People will eventually see right, right through you, right? And when you're not owning what you're doing, it's almost as if you're being fake because you didn't have control over the legal situation. You didn't have control over the credit files, right? So like you literally put your reputation on someone else's hands and it was dangerous, right? So I think that that's right. Right. Woke up today, you know, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I need to figure this out. Harrison, this is it was it was ridiculous, and and like I said, it was extremely embarrassing too because my name is on this. You know, these clients, you know, we all know big people in business know that clients join you, yep, not the company. Mm-hmm. So it's like my, you know, they're like, hey, I trusted you. I I don't care what they're going through. Yeah. Like you said, you could help me. So. It was it was so tough. Like I'm like, you know what? This will never happen again. You know, so people yeah. by people. So good for you that you made that jump. Now let's back up for a second. Talk talk to me about life before credit repair. What were you doing before you even got into the industry with the network marketing company? So before credit repair, I was just like a normal person. You know, I had a nine to five. I had a you're not a normal person anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> I am. But, you know. yeah. You're a little bit elevated now. About that part later, but I was just like a regular person, like you know, a, a regular nine to five, getting caught in the morning traffic, you know, trying to hustle and bustle, trying to figure it out type person. What you know, you I had an excellent job. I had an excellent job at the Air Force Base. You know, I'm a mil- I'm a military veteran, um, so I had this really cushy job as um, a medical records kind of supervisor. I mean, I kind of supervise all of the medical workers at the um, Air Force Base. I have my little office with my little <laughs> pictures on the wall and my desk. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, it's a, it's an excellent job, right? Good money, privacy, you know, um, no one over my shoulder, just kind of, it was a, it was a really great job. The problem, and then he would be like, okay, if your job was so great, why'd you want to do this, right? right? The problem with that is I was also a mother. I was also a wife. I also had to get the kids to school in the morning. So while I am while I had to be to work at 8 o'clock, I had to get up at 3 o'clock, you know, yeah. to get everybody ready and out on time. And then I got off at 4 or 5 o'clock. Well, the kids got out of school at 3 o'clock. So mm-hmm. what do you do there, you know? I had to figure that part out. So I wound up having to hire a nanny and have someone pick the kids up. And when there was time for family vacations, the kids would have to go without me because I didn't have the time to take off work. You know, the story of people's lives, you know, 
then it got to the point to where I was like, "I'm." it's a 45-minute commute to work. Mm. My paychecks were okay, but half of it was on gas. <laughs> you know, getting back and forth to work. And the other half was on paying the nanny to pick your kids up after school. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Now I'm living paycheck to paycheck. You get, so it was horrible. Like it was wonderful job. Amazing. Oh, I have all the titles and all the mm-hmm. stuff, but I didn't have the freedom. The time. I didn't have the time. You know, I didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great to get up and get my makeup on and this pretty little suit and go into my little private office and work all day. Yeah. But what about my family? You know, what about my money? What about, Family vacations, you know? Yo. Um, so why credit repair? Like you saw an outlet in the credit repair, right? In the network marketing. But I mean, there's so many different types of network marketing out there. I mean, you could have been selling, you know, like Beachbody or all these other, you know, skincare stuff, Mary Kay, all these different types of network marketing things. Why credit repair? Like you saw an outlet, you're like, all right, I got to do, do something different. So let me get into credit repair. Why that? Well, funny you ask. I actually did do all of those other things. Even while I was working my nine to five, I knew that that wasn't it, you know? So I was a travel agent. I was in all of these different things. I, at one point, had seven businesses, including Credit Repair, Legal Shield, all the things, all of these network marketing. The problem I ran into was that you couldn't focus on, I wasn't growing in any of them. You hear the the gurus and the leaders and the people that are making the millions of dollars in that one network marketing company, mm-hmm. but you also hear them saying, "This is the only one I promote. This is the all. This yeah. is where my focus is at." Well, me, the shiny ball syndrome person, I was like, "Well, you are making a million dollars that I can't do what you do, but this person just made ten thousand dollars in crypto, so I'm gonna go see what they're doing over there." You know? Oh, well, that person just made ten thousand dollars on booking cruises. I'm going to go see what they're doing over there too. So at one point I had seven businesses while working that nine to five. Yeah. Um, what made me stop and focus on just credit repair was again, remember I said half my paycheck was going on gas. And the other half was going on the nanny to pick the kids up from school and take them to after school activities. So I didn't, and my husband was working at that time. We were, we were not six figure earners. Mm-hmm. So we were working nine to fives and um, I needed money. So I was going out and trying to apply for loans and stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get approved. <laughs> like my credit was horrible. Yeah. I couldn't get approved. And it was like, what? I need this money to pay this bill because I don't have my paycheck just hit. And now I'm down to $20. Mm-hmm. And one day, because I just paid everybody else. And it's like, but how am I going to? You know, how am I going to get food? How am I going to do this? Yeah. So I was trying to get loans, personal loans, and I didn't qualify because my credit was horrible. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, here I am, 37 years old with bad credit. Like, this is ridiculous. And and I'm like, I had to figure that part out. So I started working on my own credit. Mm-hmm. I got my own credit where it needed to be. Then I, I realized that I started thinking, how many other people are in this situation how many other people are mid thirties, mid life, and they're like, "What have I done with the first half of my life? Like, what yeah. what's going on here?" So I decided to start to really research. I didn't want to do this network marketing thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to own 
everything. It's like yeah. I wanted to own my time, own my business, own who I accept as a customer, who I don't. Then I decided to branch out and start focusing only on credit repair. Good for you. Just this. How did you learn to do everything that? Else. How did you learn to do that? Like because you were involved in the network marketing company. I'm sure that their training was pretty much useless because all they cared about is bring us the people. We'll do everything else. So from going going from that to now, I have to do everything. I'm responsible for everything. I need to know how to do everything. How did you learn to start your own credit repair business aside apart from some network marketing company or somebody else? Well, when I reached that midlife crisis situation where I was like desperate for money and couldn't figure out how to get it besides working for someone else or getting a second job, mm -hmm. which I didn't already have time because, mm -hmm. you know, the first job, I'm like, I can't, you know, this isn't going to be a problem here. So I reached out on Facebook, right? And I said, listen, I need a life coach. Like I need somebody that's going to help me figure out life, like in yeah. general. And someone recommended or tagged Ashley Grayson. Mm -hmm. Well, she was math and Gill at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hey, you know, let me check her out. So I went on her page. I checked her out, saw that she had this awesome, amazing credit coaching or some type of program. Mm -hmm. So I joined her program and that's I had no idea. I had I had an idea, but I didn't really know how to do it. Yeah. I saw other people with their own credit repair companies, but I thought they were just, you know, getting customers and writing the letters. I didn't know there was a whole platform, a whole system behind yeah. it. I didn't know that. Um, so when I joined Ashley's course, I learned about the CRM. I learned about the companies, the outsourcing, the different things I can do to run a successful company. And from her course, I branched out and started my own. Nice. So you you found good training yes. that gave you the blueprint to everything that you needed and you just followed it and you were able yep. to catapult yourself into yeah. the beginning stages of your business, right? Absolutely. Now, I'm sure that it hasn't all been flowers and rainbows and unicorns since you started, right? So talk about some of the things that, you know, some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome since deciding that, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself. What are like the first, the top two or three things that you, you had to work really hard to overcome? Even though I had this dynamic training, I still didn't feel qualified mm -hmm. because again, I wasn't doing everything. I was just referring people and they were doing everything. Yeah. So now you go from referring people and just continuing to work your nine to five to now you're having to do the you find the people like you've been doing, but you also have to onboard them and you also have to do this part and you have to do the consultation and you have to. And I'm like, I didn't know that it was so much work behind it. Um, and I almost was like, you know what, this this is overwhelming. And I didn't feel like I knew how to do it. It was like more like an um, imposter syndrome. Or like, yeah. I feel like I have these people trusting me to do something that I literally just learned two months ago. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, they, they think I'm this guru and I'm like, no, I'm still brand new. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I'm still learning. And so that's one hurdle. That was the main thing is building my confidence. And, um, and then I wasn't pricing myself high enough. Like I was still, so I was still in that, you know, network marketing mindset. I'm like, mm -hmm. $99 one time and you can help you forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, 
oh, wow. Tiffany, what in the world are you, you know? So how did you overcome the the imposter syndrome? You know, it's going to sound funny, but more training. Yeah. I paid Makes for sense. more training. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I found a, a dynamic sales coach mm-hmm. who taught me, you know, how to go through the sales script, how to go through from brand new from Facebook person to sending to them giving me their credit card number and how to do it confidently. So I had paper in front of me. I had it. I still have paper in front of me, like yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm script. You know, so my sales coach gave me this fantastic script that I could use so that I don't have to be fumbling over my words and trying to find the words. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I have what I need to say right here in front of me. And so now I just read. You know, and it's not just reading like, oh, I'm reading this book, word, duh, duh, duh. no, I've practiced that script. I get yeah. on a call with my sales coach weekly. We do role plays. I mean, it's just more conditioning and pouring into myself knowledge wise. Mm-hmm. And I just kept practicing until it was like, I can do this script without the paper. I still yeah. have the paper, as you can see, yeah. but I, I can do it without it. Yeah. That's awesome. So. so- you know, you just made sure you acquired more knowledge and that helped you overcome the imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing that you were starting to talk about was what? You said disputes? Yeah, disputes. You know, because again, remember I said I was brand new. Like I had came out the gate and I'm like, okay, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I know I need to do this. Now I've done this. Okay, I paid all the stuff and I got all the system in place. Now yeah. You know, like, okay, get clients, Tiffany, you know, like, go and get people. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know what to do. Like, even though I had this knowledge and I knew what to do, it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. It's like I froze. And then I had to just start. I'm like, okay, you're not confident in the disputes yet because you just literally started doing them. Mm -hmm. So I started to research some more. And like, there's people who do these for you. There's dispute teams out here for that reason. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out and I found a dynamic dispute team that started to do my disputes for me. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, so you really just pretty much built the same system that the network marketing company had, you know? Said you, you own it now. Built the same system except it's yours now, right? Yeah. Well, I, now I can still do my recruiting like I was doing. And instead of sending them to the outsourcing, the, the, the network marketing, I'm sending them directly to my outsourcing team. Yeah. My dispute team and I and I have access to them and I can ask them questions and I can understand if it's something I don't know. I can ask them now. Yeah. You know, with the other company, I didn't have that. I didn't know who to call to ask questions. Now I can call my dispute team and like, hey, or email them and say, what's up? You know what happened here? You know, so it was it was excellent, you know, just to learn that that was an option for me. Yeah. What do you know now? Right. So. When did you branch out on your own? Because you were with the network marketing for a couple of years and then you started your own thing. When was that? So I joined, I started to learn and and started researching how to start my own thing around, I'd say, February, March of 2022. Then I took that. And then in August of 2022 is when I said I had everything in place except Mm -hmm. the dispute team, you know. And I'm like, okay, so now I have everything here. That was August of 2022. It took a minute for me to get started, started, because I was still scared, you know, because now I own all this stuff. And now, now what, you know? So December of 2022 is when my business really, really 
started. I mean, I started, it was on paper, started in August of 2022, but yeah. December is when it really started. When you really started. Yeah. So just for context, I don't know when you're watching this or when you're listening to this, we are, today's May, 2023. So it's been about five to six months since you mm -hmm. really, all right, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to take it seriously. So it's been about five, six months since it yeah. finally decided, right, I got everything I need. I'm going to take it seriously now. Yeah. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then when you were first getting started, right? Like if you could hop in a time machine and go back to Tiffany in February, March, or even up to August of 2022, what would you say to yourself? You don't have to know everything. Like I wasn't, I didn't move and I didn't get started because I felt like I was, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do these disputes and I have to get these disputes perfect. So I can't start until I do another training on disputes and yeah. I can't start until I do another training on this. And then I can't start until I do another training on that part. And I'm like, you know what? And that's what I did from August to December. I'm like looking for all these different trainings so I can become yeah. the expert before, you know, I can get anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's stupid. You know, mm -hmm. like there are people like yourself who have been doing this for 13 years. 14 years, 15 years, who have a dispute team mm -hmm. that's already in place, that's already doing all of this. Mm -hmm. So I would tell myself, you don't have to know everything. It's okay if you don't know how to do the disputes. There are people who does. Yeah. While they're doing your disputes over there, you can go ahead and take that class, but let them start on your disputes now. Like mm -hmm. You don't have to wait until you already know disputes to yeah. hire someone, you know? Have systems in place, people that are, you know, hire, listen, you don't know how to close. You're not that great at closing deals. Hire someone who knows how to close, like hire help. There's a doctor that went to medical school for a reason because he's a doctor. If I could heal myself and take care of myself, then I would. Yeah. But if I don't have to and I could pay someone else to heal me and take care of me, then that's what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would tell myself. Listen, you don't have to know everything. You do not have to know how to do everything. Yeah. You can still get this job done. You can still run your business a profitable way by hiring other people to do it. And if you must know it, train yourself while your your business is running. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I've had maybe about maybe 10 or a little over 10 of these conversations with other business owners and everybody gives them that same advice to their, to their old selves. Imperfect action is what we're calling it. Take action. Imperfect action is better than no action. No. Right? You get this, uh, you get paralyzed because like you're scared to take a step, but just take a step. And then when you look back, you realize that you took 25 steps and you're so much further ahead now with imperfect action than you would have been waiting to be perfect. Right. So talk about where is your business today? Like, how are you doing today? Well, from when I took action, um, I was getting I was like, OK, it seems like when I was marketing for that other company, I was like a guru beast mode. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going hard for you. But when I joined and I started my own, it's like I didn't do that for myself. Mm -hmm. So I was not having the leads that I needed to have come into my business because this is a numbers game. So. I decided again, I'm not a guru with marketing. I hired a marketing team. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guru with disputes. I hired a dispute team. So I went from December having maybe three clients in my brand new business mm -hmm. to by March, I had 50. Wow. Congratulations. You know, I have 50 clients by March. 
by March, I had made my first five-figure month. Nice. You know, so it was like, wow. Yeah. You know, but it was a lot of work. You know, it was, okay, I know I did this whole thing about I didn't have time for my family and I didn't have all this. Mm -hmm. But when I started working, like really working, when those leads started coming in, Mm-hmm. I realized that I was still working yeah. a whole bunch you of hours. More. You work more, more for yourself. Right. That's the thing that a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm going to be my own boss. I work when I want, however I want. Yeah, that's true. But your business is not going to get anywhere if you're not putting in more hours into your business than you're putting in for somebody else. And you realize that, huh? Yeah, it's, it was crazy because my leads came in so fast. And I was like, right now, I mean, before this podcast, I have 20 people to talk to when I get off of this podcast. I'm getting 20 to 30 people a day right now, today. How are you marketing? How are you getting these leads? My marketing team. I have an amazing marketing team who does Facebook ads for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I have Facebook ads and then word of mouth from my other 50 clients that I already have, over 50, actually it's like 55 now. They also bring their friends and family. So I have their, I get text messages from them. Hey, call my aunt, call my mom, call my sister. (laughs) So it's like, cool, you know? So I have those leads and then I have my own family who refer people. Then I have my marketing team who does Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting like 30 people a day. And then I have a, um, I'm partnered with a apartment manager um, who gets all these people that did get declined because of they don't have the re- get credit for of the apartment. So I have his leads calling me too. So it's like I have leads. <laughs> you know, I have people to talk to. Yeah. yeah. So um it's not a problem. And so closing one or two a day is yeah. easy because I have so many people to talk to. Most credit repair business owners tell me that the biggest problem they have in their business today is leads, is getting leads. And it, it really kind of blows my mind a little bit that that's true because I think I've said this in other episodes, but you can throw a rock and you can hit somebody with bad credit. <laughs> you know, like they're literally everywhere, everywhere. So how is it that you're having difficulty getting leads? Well, literally every eight out of 10 people are potentially your customers. You know, uh, I have this new program that we're growing out now in the month of June. It's called the CRO Bootcamp, where you join the bootcamp. It's directly done with me. And I tell you, 100 clients in 100 days guaranteed, or I will work with you for free until you do. Like, that's how confident I am that I can help any credit repair business owner, whether you're just getting started or you're already established, you can get 100 paying customers in 100 days guaranteed, or I'm going to work with you for free until you do. Like, that's how confident I am that leads are not the problem. Like, there's so much more to running a credit repair business and leads should be the last thing that you're worrying about, right? You should be worrying about what you said, structure. You got to have systems in place and you got to have a team in place. These are the things that a business owner needs to worry about. It's like, let me structure my business. Getting customers should not be remotely a difficulty in your business. That should be the easiest part of your business. You know, yeah. you, you seem like you overcome that hurdle already that many credit repair companies are still trying to overcome, which is getting leads. So now that that is not your problem, what would you say is your biggest um, difficulty in business today? The biggest uh, difficulty in business right now is finding help. <laughs> you know, because I mean, seriously, because right now it's just me. And again, I have 30 people to talk to today. You know, I it, taking days off is hard for me now. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, guys, like yesterday I took Memorial Day off and I'm like, 
I'm seeing all these leads come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't, you know, it's like, I want to talk to them so bad, but I was like, no, I gotta take a day off. Yeah. Um, because I will work every single day. Like I will, is and I, and I enjoy it. I, I yeah. want to work every single day because I have so many people that need my help and it's like, oh my gosh. Um, but I was thinking like, dang, I want to take today off, but if I had a team, another team, huh? I have a marketing team, I have a sales coach, I have a dispute team, I have all yeah. these teams. Now I need another team mm -hmm. to help me when I want to take a day off. You yeah. know, right now you're a business money. owner, but you're still self-employed. Like, yeah, you're still an employee. The difference is you're an employee of your business, which is much better right. than being employed of somebody else's business, right? But the next level for you now is to start replacing yourself. Got it. Yeah, I want to clone myself. Yeah. So right now I'm trying to, I'm working with uh, Brittany. Well, I'm not working with Brittany, but I've spoken with Brittany uh, with I Need a VA. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working towards finding the perfect yeah. virtual assistant to help me. Um, another issue that I'm running into is, um, and I'm sure that this is the story of every creator of your owner's life, People who schedule consultations who don't come to the consultation, yeah. right? So, I, you know, if I had a VA or someone that can confirm and make sure that these people are going to be there, I won't be wasting slots because I have a lot of people to talk to. So, yeah, it's just a matter now of finding a system there, mm -hmm. another system, because I love systems now. Yeah, It's another system I have to find there to get the help I need to operate, whether I'm sitting in front of my computer yeah. on my phone or not i want to be able to continue to operate even if i take a vacation with my family yeah so that's where i am now and that's it's good that you didn't rush that process right like you need to be able to know how to do every task in your business before you hire somebody or outsource it to somebody because how can you properly manage something that you've never done yourself right like right. even me in my business today Everything that that my business does, I did first myself, not once or twice for a good little while because I needed to have enough experience experience with it. So not only I can hire and train the right person for the job, but then I can manage them, right? How can I say you're not doing good enough if I wasn't even able to do what they're doing? You know, so for right. you, you know, you're finally reaching that place in your business where it's like it's getting overwhelming because it's too much for one person to handle. So now it's the perfect time. Like you've had enough experience in dealing dealing with all of these things. So now you can properly hire somebody, train them. Here's what you're going to encounter. Here's what you're going to experience. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And slowly but surely start removing yourself from the day-to-day -day operations and truly be CEO of your business where you're just like a choir director. You're not saying it. You're just directing, right? Right. So Absolutely. I'm excited for for this next phase of your business for you. I know it's, you know, it's not easy. Every part of business is hard work, but it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so my sales coach gave me a, a challenge. He said, you know what? Because even today, I'm like, okay, I can't I can't get on consultations because I have to stop. I have to go pick the kids up. I have to go take them to after school activity. And he said, nope, what we're going to do is hire somebody. Like I'm back, back like I was working my nine to five. Yeah. You're going to hire somebody to pick them up from school. You're going to hire somebody mm -hmm. and you're going to stop for 90 days and you're going to just focus on your business. And that's it. Like you're not yeah. going to do anything 
accept that. And I'm like, oh, this is this is back when I was working at the Air Force base. It's like, yeah, I can't, you know, I gotta hire somebody to pick the kids up again. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I got away from that because I didn't want to do that. But when you're running your business, you have to make those sacrifices. And I was making the sacrifice for somebody else's business. And you know, I was making sacrifice for like, myself. You're making an investment, right? And with investments, you get a return, hopefully, on your investment, right? So it's right. not like you're just burning the money. Oh, somebody's got to go pick up my kids. Yeah, somebody's got to go pick up my kids while I'm investing in my business so that 90 days from right. now, I can pick up my kids and not worry about not taking a consultation instead. There you go. Yep, there you have it. Because after 90 days of fully focused nothing else, Mm-hmm. I look up and I'm at six figures and now I can hire 10 people. That's like, hey, okay, cool. You know, so I'm good, you know? That's awesome. So last question, what advice would you give to someone who may be considering starting their own credit repair business or maybe just getting started? What is like your number one advice that you'd give to that person? Well, the first thing I would advise anybody who is considering um, going into this industry um, anybody who's thinking about it or who's already there, who's brand new and you just got started. Remember, I'm still brand new. I literally just got over that fear and really just took that first step in December. What I would advise you to do is number one, take that step. Like also most important thing I can tell anybody, especially if you're like me, who feels like you have to know everything before you do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You have to understand that there are people that take, remember back to my doctor comment. Those doctors went to medical school for 12 years yeah. to be able to do what you don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. You can't heal yourself. If you don't know how to do something, it's okay. There are companies, there are people. Bruce has an amazing dispute team. He has a, oh, listen, I use Bruce's system. I don't know what I would do without systems. Okay, it's okay to find a system or someone who already has a system that works. Use the systems that are already in place by people who are already where you want to be. It's okay to it's okay to not know everything off the top. Learn as you go. And but the worst thing you could do is not do anything until you know everything, because you will never move up. August to December, I did not move because I felt like I had to know every single step of every single thing. And I missed out on thousands of dollars because guess what? When I did move, I hit my first five figure month. Now, I don't know about you, but five figures every month to change. Some people are making six figures a month. Okay. I'm just at five. And that's changed my life. But I wouldn't be there if I didn't take the step and I didn't realize I'm not the best sales coach. So or sales, I'm not the best closer. I found someone who could close and taught me how to do it. I'm not the best at disputes because I'm just learning. I found a dispute team that's been doing this for 13 years and they did my disputes for me. I'm not the best at marketing on Facebook. I found a marketing team that does. Now, everybody can't come out the door spending that kind of money. I realize it. I get it. Everybody can't come out the door and buy a marketing team, mm-hmm. buy a dispute team, buy this, buy that. But the worst thing you can do is nothing. So when you learn something, I don't care if you like uh, CRC, the company that I'm uh, my CRM, they have an amazing training that teaches you how to get your first clients. Mm-hmm. Use that. It's free. They teach you how to do it for free. Use that free training 
that they give you. Well, it's not a free training, but it's mm-hmm. free advice on how to get your first clients. Yeah. Use that method. Post. Talk about. Become the expert. If you learn something, go live and share mm-hmm. it. I don't care if you just learned it 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Go live and talk about it because at one point, at some point, you're going to become the expert in everybody else's eyes, mm-hmm. whether you believe you're the expert or not. And then you're going to start getting clients just because of that. Some great advice. That's really great advice. Uh, don't wait until you feel like you know everything to do anything because you never, you're just not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great advice. You want to put me on the spot? Is there anything that you want to ask me? Any questions? Any burning questions? To, to- I haven't even <laughs> thought about it. Um, but if, if, I know you you are further along than I am because I again I still consider myself a baby and I've learned all the stuff. You know, I've held I've dealt with the difficult clients who curse me out and because they didn't get ten ten delete ten bankruptcies deleted in the first month right. <laughs> of working with me. I've had those clients. I've and, you know, I've dealt with all the stuff and you've been where I am now. So my I would ask you. Even at where I am, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give me to get to the next level? Where you are right now is you're at the pivotal moment where it's starting to get overwhelming, right? You're wearing all the hats um, when it comes to the most important part of your business and really identify what are the things that are non-negotiable that you still have to do no matter what. And you you make a list of like, no matter what, this is always going to be my responsibility. And you make that list. And then you look at all the things that happen in your business that are not on that list. You start slowly but surely outsourcing that to either people or systems, right? Because I have to say, you automate before you delegate. So if I cannot automate the task, then I'm going to delegate it to an employee, a subcontracted company. Like you need to figure out what are the things that are absolutely non-negotiable that Tiffany has to do these things. No one else can do these things other than Tiffany. There's going to be a list of things. And then there's everything else in your business. Start getting the everything else in your business off your plate because you're not going to experience exponential growth until you have the mind space to do that. The task may not be time consuming, but they're mind consuming. And running your business and scaling your business is a lot more than, you know, putting $10 in a Facebook ad and getting $100 out, right? Because you're going to do that enough to where now you have 500 clients. Man, now you're running a business with 500 active clients. Like you're not the one doing 500 disputes. You're not the one doing 500 calls a month, but you're the one responsible for all of that. And that responsibility is mostly mental. Like, what do I have to improve on? What do I have to change? What can I do better? How can I make this more efficient? These are the things that as CEO of your company, only you can do. Who's, who else is going to do that for you? Who are you going to hire to make those decisions for your business? Right? So your first step is just making that list. What are the non-negotiable things that no one else other than myself has to do? I can't, has to do. And everything else, you start grouping together and you make those into job descriptions, right? I need someone who can, you know, do my billing and make sure that customers are being called when payments failed. And then you put all that in one group. And then you go, I need someone who's going to be checking on the dispute scene to make sure that, you know, every client is getting disputed, that the results are coming in and the results are not coming in, what's going on? Who can take that off my plate? Right. Because these are all things that other people can do. What are the things that no one else can do and only you can do? So that would be, you know, my advice. Make that list. Find what are the non-negotiable things that only you can do. And everything that doesn't make that list, find somebody else for it. You know, and it's slowly but surely as your business grows, those needs are going to arise. 
And because the business is growing, there's going to be funds in the business to fund that position. You know, so always horse, then chariot. Never chariot ahead of the horse because then you're getting yourself in trouble. So that's what I'll say. That honestly, that's the most, that's the thing that I have the most difficulty with in business because I'm a control freak. Like I hold on to the reins as long as I can. And that hinders my growth. Like I grow so much faster when I delegate responsibility of things that I don't have to be responsible for. But because I'm a control freak, I'm like, I want something done right. I got to do it myself. That mentality stops my business from growing. And it's so hard. But once you do it and then you see the fruit of it, it starts getting easier and easier and easier. But as a brand new business, it's a scary thought to have. Like, man, I'm going to put this responsibility on somebody else. What if they fail? Well, guess what? They will. But then help them fail forward. Help them fail forward. Help them fail forward. Until eventually they're doing it just like you or if not better than you because that's all they're responsible for. So that's that's what I would let's say. I hope that helps. I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, I mean it. It definitely helps because right now I'm like, I need a um, customer service team, which I can you know who can answer questions or at least schedule my consultations and things for me. I need a sales team who can help me with the consultations. Where I'm at now is I want to scale, like you said. I want to pay more into put more into my advertising. And then I'm getting organic leads as well. Yeah. And so I'm like, but it's still just me doing everything. Like, yeah, I, I don't have the time anymore. Like, it's it's stressful. So it's time to take imperfect action again. Yes. Somebody and training them. You may not hire the right person the first time. That's okay. Let them go. Now you know what not to look for. Right. right. And then the next person, you know, and it's all about imperfect action. Just like you did when you started your business. Take imperfect action with your next step. Get that help, right? Take that imperfect. Yep. It might not be the right person the first time, but that's okay. Then you at least know what the wrong person looks like and you avoid that. Right. You know, yep. So yep. continue so. to take imperfect action to success. And that's really the formula to success. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm definitely taking that to heart. <laughs> what is your next um, short-term goal for your business as far as maybe clients or revenue? Like what is the next thing that you try to accomplish in your business? The 50 something, well, uh, about 10 of them are on a month to month payment plan. Mm -hmm. My, my mistake, my number one mistake was not have, was not building a residual income platform from the beginning mm -hmm. because what I was doing, because again, I had that silly mindset. I'm still new guys. Give me a break. Yeah. Still new. I still had that silly mindset. I don't want to pay. You know, if I if I put them on a monthly payment plan, they may not pay, and then I'm chasing them, yeah. and I'm this and no. And so I was making everybody pay one time, like one time payment, blah blah blah. Fifty five people later, and I'm like, dang! If I just had all of those people paying monthly, yeah, I would have residual income. So now my goal is. No more monthly payment plans. Um, I mean, no more one-time payment plans unless they're like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do monthly. That's the only time I'm going to present the one-time payment plan. Mm -hmm. Everybody from here on forward will be, I'm going to lead with my monthly payment plan. Yep. So my goal is to have, I already said this, my goal is to have 200 people on my monthly payment plan by the end of October. I'm already determined that people a day. As soon as you get there, you let me know, and we're going to get you on a podcast again to talk about that journey. Because I am yes. excited to hear that. 200 people <laughs> in the business 
on a payment plan by the end of October. And there's a very strategic, uh, there's a reason why I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that the holidays come up in November, Mm -hmm. December. It it slows down because people are putting their money somewhere else. Yeah. And if I have that residual foundation built Mm -hmm. before that, then my money may slow down a bit from the, you know, the initial deposits. Yeah. But my residual income keeps flowing. You know, yeah, I can. We can have a whole other podcast about this. But I almost went bankrupt because I had a seven-figure business that almost went bankrupt in a in a in a span of sixty days because I have no residual income. The biggest mistake I've made in my business to date in eleven years of being a business owner is not having a residual income. Literally, like I was making multiple six figures every single month. Yeah. off of one-off products and then all of a sudden the one-off products just stop and i didn't know why and i'm like well i have no control and because i had no money coming into the business i almost bankrupt because of that yeah so and i'm so grateful i found that out in the first six months yeah. like <laughs> this is not gonna work i gotta have this yeah so yeah. I, i'm it's glad true. you said that yeah it is I refuse to put any product out there that doesn't have a subscription model attached to it. Even if it's 20 bucks a month, I don't care what it is. If I put a product out there, there's going to be a subscription to it. And of course, it delivers the value so that it's worth the subscription, right? Like, why do you pay 50 bucks a month for internet? Well, because it's worth it, right? Why do you pay $80 a month on your cell phone? Because it's worth it. So as long as the value is there, people have no problem paying you monthly. People pay for monthly gym memberships that don't even show up, right? So like, as long as it's worth it, they're going to pay. Uh, so I'm glad that you finally got that out of your head. No, people are going to pay and you got that goal. And as soon as you accomplish that goal, we'll get you back on here. And we'll talk about that journey. I'm excited about it. Thank Tiffany, you. thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I, you dropped some really good gems, some good advice. Um, it was a pleasure. I learned a lot from you just in your resilience and in, in, in business. And um, you've inspired me. So I'm sure you're going to inspire our listeners and viewers as well. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And we'll get you back on here as soon as you get that 200 client mark. When we'll talk about that journey. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you all on the next episode. Until then, be good. God bless.